Welcome to Couple of Vigits, your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the television show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always, is his wife, Penny. Hello, how's it going today? Pretty good, how are you? I know you're excited because Misha Collins has joined the cast. Yes, he has. So we'll get into Misha Collins here in a minute, though. Uh, First, though, can I... Just uh, clue our audience in on another little ghost show they might want to check out. <laughs> sure, you can. All right, so I do another podcast called Penultimate Warriors. A friend of mine and I, we watch the second to last episode of TV shows, and then we make determine we try to figure out what the hell happened all the way leading up to it, and then what we think the finale is going to be. Pretty dumb idea, but it's kind of a fun show to do. The uh, show we did yesterday, though, was a Korean show called Oh My Ghost. And it was kind of a Korean supernatural. I mean, they aren't out looking for demons, but there's a lot of demons and angels and stuff going on, trying to figure out what's what. So you peeked in on it a couple of times. Do you think, does that show look interesting to you at all? Or did you just think, oh, I'm not going to read all this? No, it did sound interesting <laughs> sound interesting that's interesting because of the fact when i had my camera turned i had when you had my back turned to the tv i had no idea what was going on because it was in korean it was subtitled but yeah when i would look over and kind of watch and read i thought it was interesting for sure yeah so we're gonna um i'm gonna check out that show a lot more probably end up with another spin-off podcast of some sort but yeah if uh if you kind of dig this you know the genre of demons and ghosts and whatnot maybe check out oh my ghost i know that uh Matt, the other uh, host for that show, and I, we're going to go back and uh, watch the whole thing. So it might be of interest if you're a fan of Supernatural. I don't know. It's definitely a different tone, but it's still pretty fun nonetheless. And it reminded me a lot of Supernatural while watching that show because you got demons that kind of, they don't smoke in and out of bodies there. I guess they kind of float into bodies and then like a monster can pop out of the body. It was, it was all pretty wild. So that little tidbit for our listeners uh but i know you are itching to get into this episode yes i am this is an exciting episode for me (laughs) well i got some thoughts on it when we finish our uh wrap up here this is season four episode one lazarus rising so right away unfortunately we know by (laughs) they kind of give away the plot in the uh title they do because if everyone's familiar with it uh, Bible tale of Lazarus, who is Jesus' friend, whom he raised from the dead. Um, yeah, you pretty much know. <laughs> Hence, La- and Lazarus rising. If you didn't know who Lazarus was, somebody rising might be another clue for you. I always thought that that Bible story was a little bit funny. Because Lazarus was a tax collector, not well liked, but he was Jesus' friend. Uh, no, Lazarus was not a tax collector. I thought he was. No, one of the one of the uh, disciples was a tax collector. Mark, oh. Matthew, one of those two. I don't remember. Well, what did Lazarus <laughs> Sorry, do for a living? He was Jesus' friend, and he had a sister named Martha and a sister named Mary. That's all I know. <laughs> That's all you know of his backstory? I just always I thought that was more. a little... I apologize to anyone who was raised with me as a Jehovah's Witness. I apologize. I should know more. I apologize. I always thought that story was a little funny. Like, man, my friend's gone. I miss him. Oh, yeah, I'm the son of God. Here, let me go raise him so he can come back and play poker with us. Yeah, right. Well, what always interested me about that story is because, as you know, I don't believe in dying and going to heaven, whereas a lot of people do. Um, 
To me now, this kind of proves that I'm right because when Jesus did raise Lazarus, he didn't go, Jesus, what the heck? I was in heaven. I was enjoying myself. It was the good life. Did you bring me down here back to this crap? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being a simulationist, it falls into my kind of faith that, you know, Jesus just brought him back into the game. <laughs> like, oh, that NPC shouldn't have been killed off. Let's bring him back. Right, right, right. Gaming references for the win. All right, let's start. We kick off the recap then. Uh, ACDC shook me all night long starts playing. And the recap really doesn't cover too much at first for most of it. It just is a whole lot of scenes of kicking ass with that music. So I really feel like they they set up this recap for new new viewers starting with this season to be like, yo, this show is hardcore to the bone. Watch this shit. And they just show shootings and stabbings and demons and monsters. It's like randomness everywhere. It was. Um, and this is the first time um, they use in the recap the, the term the road so far. Before they put then and then now. This time they use the road so far. Yeah, ACDC, Shook Me All Night Long was playing. But in this one, the recap scenes are very fast because they kind of had a little bit from the first three seasons in here. Mm -hmm. Just little tiny snippets. Yeah, yeah, I, I really think this is a, hey gang, you, come on, join us, sort of uh, recap. Trying to get new viewers excited for it that might have been hearing about the show and then saw, oh, hey, there's another season, I might as well tune in because it doesn't seem like it sucks and got dropped yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then it does, it does conclude then, like within the last 10 seconds, it goes through really quickly, like I think Ruby, Lilith, Dean, and Hell. Yeah, they did. You know what happened? Uh, the fact that Lilith possessed the body that Ruby was in, sent Ruby far into hell, has no idea where she is. Well, to send her far to hell. I'm sure Lilith knows where she is. Shows Lilith trying to kill Sam, not working, and smoking out before Sam gets a chance to plunge that demon-killing knife into the body that she was inhabiting. So, unfortunately, the episode, though, starts off, we see Dean, and he's no longer up on the meat hooks. He's no longer chained. He's in a box yelling for help. Uh, he starts pushing on the top of it. There's some dirt falls in. We instantly know he's in a grave someplace. Uh, we then are outside, and we see a little wooden cross, and a couple of hands poke up, and then Dean pulls himself out of the ground Tor Johnson style. <laughs> Now, that is an awesome joke if you know the reference. And the reference, of course, is Plan 9 from Outer Space. Um, there's a scene where uh, the actor's name is Tor Johnson. He was a horrible actor, uh, but a great kind of character face, I guess. Oh, wasn't he a professional wrestler back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a professional wrestler that got tapped by Edward D. Wood Jr. to uh, star in his movie just because he was a big hulking brute of a man and he thought, you know, that would bring people to his movies to see this guy. Uh, but in Plan 9 from Outer Space, after he gets zombified, he has to pull himself out of a crypt. And you can tell that Tor was a little too big to crawl out of the hole that they had made for him. Because he kind of struggles to get out. And you can kind of see in the actor's eyes, like, oh, crap, come on. <laughs> uh, so if you know the reference, that's a hilarious joke. And it really gives you a visual for how Dean does pull himself out. Uh, the camera pulls back. Uh, and it looks like there was a blast radius around where his 
uh, coffin is, all the trees are like laid outwards. Yeah, they're laid out kind of like a circle. So yeah, right. It does look like maybe something. Well, it looked like a Tungusta event. I have no idea. That's that, that meteor that hit Russia that blew all the trees outwards. Right, right. It looked like a miniature version of that. So this kind of portends the fact that we're dealing with something powerful. Whatever it was that pulled Dean out of hell. Yeah, I don't I I don't know. I thought maybe his, you know, coffin came back out of space like a meteor and just <laughs> implanted into the ground. I it was wild. Um Rathicon style. Ooh, they shot Spock's uh, coffin out of the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, out of the and, torpedo bay tube. <laughs> and it landed on the Genesis planet. Yeah, exactly. And then it was going to be reborn, you know, exactly. We're at the con. <laughs> Just think of that, we're done with the episode, the end. <laughs> no, uh, it breaks into the new opening. Of course, we know that the beginning of the episode... The uh, title cards, there's an animated title card that goes up, and every season it's different. This time it's black and white. There's a bunch of flapping wings and some birds crowing, so I assumed it was crows, but I think we're going to figure out later what it actually alludes to. Right. Uh, come back from that, we see Dean breaking into a store. There is no one around this store for whatever reason. Yeah, it looked like he was walking for quite a while. It was actually a gas station. Um, looked like it was like in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Actually, I didn't realize he was walking for that long. I figured that gas station was just like a block away from the grave site. No, because they showed him before he looked, they panned to the gas station. They showed him walking down the road. Oh, okay. I missed so, it. Yeah, you must have been typing your notes or something. Now, as the credits are rolling by, I'm noticing a couple of new names in the bottom. Misha Collins. Woohoo! So we know that there's a new main character. Genevieve Cortez. And, uh, oh, that was the other one? Well, yeah, she later becomes Genevieve Padalecki because that's who, who uh, wow. Jared Padalecki ends up marrying for realsies. All right. Well, back into the show. Back into the real world of the show. <laughs> uh, Dean picks up a newspaper. He's confused by the date. Um, Dean re goes, he remembers being ripped apart. Um, so he looks down at his stomach, there's no scars, and he looks at his arms, and there's like a burnt handprint on his right shoulder. Mm -hmm. Dean uh, walks around the store, grabs a bag of food and drinks, and a copy of his favorite magazine, Busty Asian Beauties. <laughs> Which I like that he takes a couple of moments just to thumb through. Yeah, thumb through, sticks it in his bag, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Oh, Dean's got a type. <laughs> The TV and radio turn on, and now since we know that electronic interference is caused by demons, quick, Dean quickly grabs some salt and starts pouring it out on the uh, windows, but there's a high-pitched noise, hurts his ears, he kind of falls to the ground, all the windows break. Uh, after that situation, Dean gets himself up and wanders out to a payphone and calls Bobby. Did I miss anything in all that? No, it pretty much has it. Yeah, I put salt starts to salt himself in. The ringing starts, windows blow out, ringing stops, um, and it was like really, really loud ringing. And then he does. Excuse me. Because also, when he was in the gas station, not only did he take food, water, and the magazine, he broke into the cash register, so he had some money on him. So yeah, he does find the payphone, sticks the money in, and calls Bobby. Bobby quickly hangs up on him. Uh, Dean calls him back, and then Bobby threatens to kill him. Yeah. I mean, because uh, Bobby 
thing say he's dead. So if there's someone that sounds like Dean, then it's probably a demon. So I can see we, we know why Bobby is uh, apprehensive about taking that call. No, that part. Not only if it's just a practical joke, it's just not funny. Then we see Dean out in some car. He finds a car and he jump starts it. And it's the typical TV jump start maneuver where it's just a couple of random wires under the steering wheel. You spark them together and your car starts. Do you know probably no car ever produced would allow you to do that? I've yet to figure out why people think that that is a legitimate reason to jump start your car. Because even if it's an older model car, and like bypassing the key lock uh, to start the engine works, your steering wheel is still locked. See, back in the day, they did not have steering wheel locks on cars. And this car looked old enough that it might have been, it looked like it's from the 60s, this car that he hotwired. Um, I think that was pre-steering wheel lock. Mm, you say back in the day, cars didn't have steering wheel locks? I I'd assume that they had steering wheel locks since day one to no. prevent people from stealing. No. Like whatever rolled off the assembly line after the Model T must have had that. No. I'll look that up. All right. Well, if any of our listeners know, please comment on our website, coupleofidgets.com. Dean goes to Bobby's house, though, knocks on the door. Uh, Bobby opens up the door and basically tries to kill him a couple of times. First with a knife. Uh, it takes a bit of convincing for Bobby, and then he, like, splashes him in the face with holy water, uh, but he grabs a silver knife, he cuts himself, it proves that it's really him. Bobby then knows that it's really him through the silver knife thing in the holy water, and they hug. Bobby asks, hey, where have you been? Dean has no idea how he got out. Oh, it's that. It's at that point. Then Bobby tosses the holy water, like a little sneaky move. Yeah, because I was looking at my notes, and it just says that yeah, Dean cuts himself with a silver knife, so to prove that he's not a shapeshifter or anything like that. Yeah, it's um, when they're hugging, and it's the sweet moment then that he gets a face full of water, and Dean just looks really annoyed but understanding. Yeah, what I love is the fact that this look that Jensen Eccles has on his face. Um, in the future, every time someone throws holy water on Dean. <laughs> He gives the same look like, oh, my God, I can't believe we have to go through this again <laughs> type of look. Did he? I was kind of curious. Do you think he knew that he was going to get water splashed in his face? Or is that one of those actor things where they don't tell him so they can get an authentic reaction? No, I think he knew because, you know, it's of course he's going to throw holy water on him. It's Bobby. Bobby's not dumb. All right. Well, Bobby is totally confused since he knew that Dean's body was completely ripped apart and it's been dead for four months and buried. Bobby and uh, Sam obviously buried him. Dean asks where Sam is. Uh, Bobby knows that he's alive, but really that's about it. Hasn't talked to him in a while. Bobby doesn't know where he's at. Right, because, and I haven't written this, this in my first notes when I watched this episode, the fact that usually when a hunter dies, what they do is they salt the bones, salt the body, then have a funeral pyre. And Dane even asked Bobby why we didn't do that. And Bobby's like, Sam wouldn't have it. He said, you're going to need a body. He was going to try and figure out a way to get you out of there. So right away, Dean thinks, oh, great. What the hell did Sam do to get me out of hell? Um, geez, I got a weird note in here. Okay, whatever. Uh, Dean calls the uh, 
telephone company because I guess they tried to try a cell phone or something. They couldn't find him. Calls his cell phone company to track his GPS. And the username or the name that the phone account is under is Wedge Antilles. That is a Star Trek or Star Wars Return of the or Revenge of the Empire, whatever that second one is, Empire. Uh, this is the name. This is the name of a rogue squadron fighter in Star Wars. Wedge Antilles is the only non-main character to appear in all three original Star Wars movies and survive. Oh, I thought it was the guy that was riding uh, with Luke in the second one when they were fighting those Snowwalker things. And I was like, oh, yeah, he was like, you know, his gunman. So that's why I would pick him. Uh, no. But, huh. All right. Straight <laughs> cool for Wedge Antilles to make it out of those movies alive. Uh, Sam is, they think, figure out though, Sam is in Pontiac, Illinois. And that is where, near where Dean was buried. So they kind of half assume that he's connected. Yeah, like, oh, what did, what did Sam do? They take off uh, to Illinois. Dean and Bobby show up at Sam's place. Immediately then, Sam tries to kill Dean the same way that Bobby did. But Bobby breaks it up quickly and says, oh, we've already been through all of this. It really is him. Mm-hmm. You forgot to mention that this cute little woman opened they actually found Sam at a motel, and this cute woman opened the door, and so Dean's thinking, ooh, Sam's getting lucky. Yeah, then uh, that girl, she asks, like, oh, are you two together? And I was like, wait, does she think Sam's bi? That could be. <laughs> uh, he was looking very metro, but I don't know. That seemed like a really odd question. Yeah. She leaves uh, immediately, so this whole thing just seems like it was some sort of weird fling that was happened that they interrupted. Dean asks how much it costs to bring him back, and they start arguing again about how all of this happened, but Sam assures him he knows nothing. He wasn't able to get him back or make a deal with any demons. Bobby points out that, hey, someone, something, someone brought him back, so they all look at each other very confused yeah and uh they're like oh crap so they think that's like this maybe all powerful demon that saved him and what the heck is this going to cost pretty much all of them i think back at the hotel room uh the three of them are sharing notes sam has been chasing demons in tennessee then they all headed up to illinois so we followed them and it all lines up with the same date that Dean broke out, which was like the day before. Right. So Bobby figures someone had something planned. Sam thinks they need help. Bobby knows a psychic and so goes to contact her to see if she's around and willing. Sam, or at this point though, Dean, or Sam gives Dean back his necklace. Yes. Sam asks how hell was, but Dean claims that he blacked out and has no memory of it, which is odd because then immediately Dean goes over to the mirror, washes his face, and he starts getting flashbacks of what hell was like. Yeah, Dean's not being particularly honest at this point. They all take off to the psychic's house. She's four hours away. Uh, they, Dean hops in his car. He's all excited about driving again. And he's, all, he's really annoyed that Sam has installed an iPod jack. And when they turn the car on, there is some really crappy music playing. <laughs> Dean is not impressed by this situation. 
Yeah, he's at least helping take care of her, not douche her up. <laughs> so they get to the psychic's house. They, uh, she lets them all in. They sit down, start doing a seance. Uh, she tunes into... I, I, do they use the name here, Castillo? Yeah, she does. Okay, so she starts tuning into Castiel. Castiel gives a bit of a warning, like, hey, don't don't look at me. Right? Yeah, he does. He's like, you're Okay, well, you're shaking your head no, like I'm No, you got <laughs> like it I'm right. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. But uh, she demands to see his face and her eyes burn out of her head. Not good. And the, the psychic's name is Pamela Barnes. She's very sexy. Yep, Pam the psychic is in the hospital with her eyeballs burned out, but she's recovering. I guess. Yeah. And uh, we learned that it's because she uh, peaked at Castiel. Yes. Boys go to a diner and uh, quickly they realize that everyone inside's a demon. Waitress comes over and she knows that Dean was in hell and wants to know how what made him so special. How did he come back? What the heck's going on with you, buddy? Dean still has no idea what happened. Dean calls out the demon trying to buffalo them. Uh, by telling her that he knows that she is spooked that Dean is back out and that they're not going to do anything about it. And to prove it, Dean starts smacking her a couple of times. Yeah, before he starts uh, doing that, she does threaten to send him back to hell. And he's like, you know, I don't think so because you would have done so by now. Yeah, then he starts smacking her around. <laughs> What's nice, though, is Dean gets up and, like, hands her a ton or $20 bill for one slice of pie. So at least, like... <laughs> Tipped her well for putting up with a couple of slaps. <laughs> and I put the, the demon, yeah, I think you already mentioned this, but yes, the demons were afraid of whoever got Dean out because they don't know. Uh, they're afraid it might be something big and bad. Sam, though, says he's been killing a bunch of demons lately. Uh, this is all while leaving, walking back to the car. I think more like, hey, what have you been up to? Sam says he's been killing a lot of demons lately, and Dean says, man, not anymore, now that your smarter brother is back. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like with Dean gone, Sam's been getting a little reckless with his hunting, and especially going out on his own. I don't think that's ever a good idea. I've never been a hunter, but I'm just assuming in that line of work, you're going to want some sort of backup. I assume they drive then another four hours back to a hotel or something like that because it's nighttime. Sam gets in the car and takes off, leaving Dean behind sleeping in the hotel room. And then in the hotel room, that same TV and radio stuff happens. Dean wakes up. Dean grabs a shotgun, aims it for the door. The high-pitched noise thing happens again. By the way, in this scene, when they pull back, like with him at the shotgun at the door, did you notice this, is, this hotel room is two stories tall? No, I didn't. It was pretty tall because I remember there was a uh, mirror on the ceiling above the bed. Oh, maybe that's what I saw because I looked and it looked like there was a, it was a tall room and it looked like there was a row of windows, but then up above it looked like there was another row of windows. But now I'm wondering if that's just the mirror reflecting the other row of windows. I think it was, because it was a taller than, I think, a normal motel. I don't know. I haven't spent a lot of time in motels. but Oh, it was, was like a 16-foot tall room, yes, even at that. But, yes, this was definitely, there was a mirror above the bed. You know, because it was a 70s styles porn room. <laughs> Once again. Yeah, why don't they just stay? <laughs> they never just stay at a double tree. They can't afford a double tree. Oh, come on. You have fresh cookies, too. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> likes staying at a double tree. 
They're cheap. They're clean. They're nice. Uh, Dean's ears start bleeding. Bobby comes in and saves him, and they drive off. Yeah, because this time, yeah, all the mirrors, all the windows blow in again. Um, looks like Dean's in for a world of hurt. He jumps out of the way of the mirror from the ceiling falling down on top of him just in time. And, yeah, that's when Bobby breaks in and gets him out of there. On the road, Dean calls Sam and asks where he was. Sam claims that he's out getting a burger, but really we see that he's outside the diner stalking it. Uh, Dean throws Sam off on what they're really up to because Dean wants to summon the demon with Bobby and get some answers. Bobby wants to pull Sam into the plan, but Dean figures they will be fine. Sam walks into the diner. Uh, looks like all the folks are dead. There's just people laying on the ground. Sam rolls over a dead guy behind the counter, and his eyeballs are burned out. Uh-huh. Sam gets jumped by the waitress, and we see that her eyeballs are burnt <laughs> out, too. Uh, at this point, though, Sam holds his hand up. like. Uh, well, I'm, before that, though, he's asking her some questions, because I know where you're going with this. Um, he asks if she saw what what it was he says yeah she saw it and it's the end pretty much she thought that whatever it was they were all going to go to hell and die yeah that's yeah i missed that uh sam holds his hand up matrix style mm-hmm. <laughs> and pulls the demon out of the body uh, instead of just like smoking up and flying away out of the chimney or something it kind of settles to the ground and lights on fire and burns away so i'm assuming sam can just start sending demons to hell at will like he's Keanu Reeves. Possibly, but I think he actually did kill the demon because, you know, it, with the, the knife that they got from Ruby, that will kill a demon instead of just sending it back to hell. So I think the reason that, it, yeah, it didn't show it just smoking out and going somewhere and showed it settling down to the floor and looking like it was on fire is I think Sam was able to kill it with his mind. See, I'm t- I, I think the whole falling to the floor in the fire thing is an allusion to it falling into hell. We'll see. Hold on. I don't know if they're dead or not. Um, Either way, they're gone, and that poor waitress is dead. Someone comes out from the kitchen and compliments Sam on getting good at his powers. Sam calls her Ruby, so we know old Ruby's back in the new meat suit she's wearing. Yes, and this is also the woman that that opened the motel door where Sam was at. He called her Christy, but yes, it was actually Ruby in a new body. Uh, Sam asks what's going on. She has no clue. And it sounds like it's all something big and bad and horrible and no one knows nothing about anything. She even says no demon, not even Lilith, could have pulled Dean out of hell. So and I think she also made mention that the demons are kind of scared. We see Demon and Bobby. They're down in some sort of uh, cement bunker. And the whole (laughs) thing is covered in uh, spray paint with all sorts of different demon traps and talismans. Everything from every religion all over the world. They also have a whole table full of weapons that they can use. They basically have every tool available to them at this point. Bobby still thinks this is a bad idea, but he starts summoning something. Back at the diner, we see Ruby and Sam are sitting in a booth talking calmly while there's just dead bodies littered about. Ruby tells Sam that he thinks that he... Oh, Ruby tells Sam that he should tell Dean about his new secret powers. Sam says he wants to keep on helping people. 
because I'm sure Dean would not approve of all of this and be even more freaked out and running around like a nut. Definitely. And Ruby even says if he, he's going to find out and if it's not from you, he's going to be pissed. And Sam is essentially, even if he does find out from me, he's going to be pissed. So it didn't seem like Sam was very concerned about that. Yeah, back at Dean and Bobby's ghost bunker, <laughs> <laughs> we just see them now just like waiting around. They're just like sitting on a pile of pallets, just like twiddling their thumbs. But the roof starts banging uh, really loudly. Uh, it's like there's a really bad wind outside. The lights blow out. The doors swing open and in walks Misha Collins. <laughs> I put in walks the man. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> in walks someone. Uh, but you're right, the actor was Misha Collins. Dean asks who he is, and he tells him that he's the one that gripped him tight and pulled him out of purgatory. So that explains the burn marks on his shoulders. Perdition. He said perdition. Okay, perdition. Mm -hmm. I knew it was a P word of some sort. <laughs> well, in the meantime, uh, Sam, not Sam, Jesus. Now I'm doing it. Dean and Bobby are first shooting him. I don't know if it was a regular gun, if it was supposed to be like a salt, rock salt or anything, but that had no effect on him. Yeah, uh, he gets close enough that Dean's able to stab him with a silver knife, I believe. That uh, does absolutely nothing. It, it was uh, Ruby's demon knife. Yep, that does nothing. Bobby goes in for an attack, and Misha just like puts up his fingers and puts him to sleep. And tells Sam, hey, we need to talk. Tells Dean. How do I still get that wrong? <laughs> Come on, we're in season four. I'm I know. Which one is Sam and which one is Dean? <laughs> My mind cannot do that math quick enough. Uh, we go to commercial, and it feels like the, you know it's the last commercial of the show. Come back from that, Dean asks who he is, and we learn that it's Castiel, an angel of the Lord. Dean doesn't really believe him. Uh, but then Castiel, like, shows him his sh his wings in shadow format. Right. He, like, some lights flash, and you can see great big wings up behind him. Dean's annoyed uh, <laughs> that he burned the lady's eyes out and explains, like, hey, I warned her. Yeah, he warned her, uh, saying that only certain people can tree see his true form and hear his true voice. And revealed to Dean that when he was hearing all that, high pitch whining that was him trying to communicate with Dean because he figured since he pulled Dean out of hell, Dean would be able to listen to his true voice. Obviously not. Dean doesn't believe him at all, but Castiel keeps trying to assure him that he is who he says he is. Dean asks why he did all of this. Why did he pull him out? What are you going on? And Castiel tells him that God commanded it because he's got work to do. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of the episode. Right. Uh, what? This didn't follow any, this didn't follow a story structure of any previous episode. This show has always followed the A-team format of TV shows. A build-up, a suit-up, and then a fight. There's no fight and fight in this one. Well, no, but this is kind of showing then the next story arc in season four now we've got angels in the picture. Yeah, I, I know what the I know what it does. It just doesn't follow that arc where there's an end battle of any sort. Right, right. There's always been an end battle every episode. No, every episode is usually Sam and Dean bitching at each other <laughs> in the car. <laughs> okay, but it's the build up, right. the suit up, right, the fight. Right. 
Right, exactly. Always follow that. This is I find that odd. And this didn't have any new writers on it. They didn't get any new people running the show until like season six, right? I think all through it they have the same people. I'm not really sure. Okay. Eric P. Robert Singer, Kim Manners, Mick G is their producer. Um, yeah. Kripke only runs it until season six, and someone else takes over. Possibly. I mean, he's still executive producer or whatever, but accredited some sort. All right. But I, I don't know. I just found that very odd that no one fight. Mm-hmm. Well, what I find odd is the fact that Dean has no problem accepting that, that demons are real. But he says, angels, they don't exist. Now, to me, if you're going to believe in a demon, you're going to believe in angels, too. But that's just me. That I don't agree with you at all on that. Because Dean has led an entire life of fighting demons. And if him or John had never seen an angel before, I wouldn't believe it. Be like, I've been dealing with this crap for how many years. You guys have never been around. You're probably just one of them tricking me again. That's possible, but it seems like Dean didn't even, even just the possibility that it might be true didn't even cross his mind. You think so? I mean, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, you're right. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll look at every other religious text and reference, but angels in the Bible, yeah, <laughs> that's nah. true. Nah, that's not for realsies. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from. He's never, they've never dealt with angels before. They've dealt with demons they've dealt with vampires they've dealt with werewolves and i'm sure that a lot of demons in the past said that they were helping and then they end up turning on him and then screwing him right so he's probably you know he's he's been charlie brown football too many times (laughs) and that's gotta suck i don't care who you are oh i'd have kicked that lucy right in the face lucy yeah the charlie brown football okay yeah lucy i'm like lucy What's Lucille Ball have to do with this? Lucille Ball? <laughs> Lucy. There's a Lucy in this show I probably would have been talking about way more than Lucille Ball. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I to Charlie Brown. I should have, yeah, Lucy's always one that, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, wasn't she the one that held the ball and yanked it away? Yeah, she was always the one that pulled away the ball away from him. Oh, ball yankers. <laughs> Gotta hate them. Yes, you do. So, I mean, good episode. It kicks off the whole season. We get introduced to Castiel. Who knows how long he's going to be around? I'm assuming only in a, a season or two. Um, but is there really, we don't know, we don't have any other information, though. No. That's it. That's all we know is an angel pulled him out of hell, plopped him down, and demons are annoyed. <laughs> or scared. I Demons mean. are afraid, yes. Um, yeah, just that says, you know, God has plans for him. We've got work to do. But so far, we do not know what that work is. Kind of curious if Castiel knows about Sam's powers, his Matrix powers. Possibly. I don't know. He's, he, hold on. Puppy wants out. <laughs> The uh, flow of this podcast is dictated by three dogs. Well, what you have to understand about Buddy is if I don't let him out right away, he gets really annoying. 
And starts making a lot of noise. Yeah, so. he does this little yippy noise. Then he starts leaping up in the air. For an old guy, he can, like, fly four feet. <laughs> <laughs> he does have amazing skills when it comes to that. <laughs> Vertical jump is awesome. He'd be great at basketball. Yeah. Yeah, Air Buddy. <laughs> I think that was a movie, actually, wasn't Air it? Air Bud, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, is there anything else about this episode you want to discuss or cover? No, that's it. Just, uh, yeah, I put that final note about how uh, Dean is willing to accept demons, but at first not angels. Um, other than that, that's about all I can think of. All right. What's our next episode? Season four, episode two. It's kind of got a long title. It's called, Are You There, God? It's me, Dean Winchester. Oh, because that's off that one book. Um, yeah, yeah it's a reference to a book. Yeah. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, or something like that, I yeah. think. Which I know nothing about that book. Me either. Uh, but interesting title, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, since it's leading into this storyline of him coming back and uh, why the heck is he there. So that's who I'd be asking answers of next, I guess. Unless Castiel can fill fill him in on any more information other than we got work to do. I was told to do it. Like, Castiel's really a man of few words, too. He seems a little dumb. Yes, Castiel, um, well, he's an angel. He's new to Earth. He's not used to all the subtleties and nuances of being human. Maybe not dumb. He seems slow. I prefer to think of him as naive. Okay. He's very naive. Yeah, I mean, probably nice enough. I don't know if I'd have him over for cards, though. <laughs> It'd be kind of annoying to sit around and play euchre with that guy. <laughs> probably. Okay, so we look forward to that. And just a reminder, we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. Come on over and chat with us. We also have a website, coupleofidgets.com where you can get all of our episodes, our contact information, and even comment on each uh, episode that we put out, which is pretty handy. So, you know, if we got anything wrong, please go in there and uh, correct us. Speaking of uh, odd things and corrections really quick, the Supernatural Wiki, yes, that thing has horrible synopsis on it. People should really just listen to our show if they really want to know what's happening in this. That's true, because Supernatural Wiki, it... it Kind of like always misses the opening scene and goes right into where it starts with Sam and Dean. Because we know the episodes, typically you meet the characters that it's going to be involved in this episode and then commercial break and then you cut to Sam and Dean. It's kind of like they get the letter of the show but not the spirit of the show also. They just run through. It's like someone that doesn't know what's going on paid attention to TV and just typed a little while and right. then closed it. Um, but I was trying to, they have a little section in there for podcasts, and I was trying to add ours last night, but there's no way to like get a new user account anymore in it or something like that. So I was digging all through it, and they're bragging up, oh, we got all these, we have all these editors, and uh, soon after an episode airs, a whole new page goes up with a synopsis that gets added onto it. And I'm like... Boy, I this 
your your little group there isn't quite as robust as you think it is. You should probably <laughs> let us join so that we can start making corrections and straighten shit up around there. Exactly. exactly. So if you know any, if you have any connections with the supernatural wiki folk, have them get in touch with us, please. Yes. We'd like to settle their hash. <laughs> I love that term, settle your hash. I have no idea what that means. Neither but. do I. <laughs> well, I know it means, you know, like, straighten you out, right. correct you, but how it came, settle your hash? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what, are you cooking? Or? <laughs> all right, and just a reminder, we are streaming on all the popular platforms, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, blah, 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 and... Please tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell anyone you know that's mildly interested in Supernatural. Hey, even if they're not, oh, you want to give the gift of the holidays to a Supernatural fan? Take a uh, 4 by 6 postcard right on the back. Visit coupleofidgets.com. Flip it over, put their address and a stamp on it, and pop it in the mail. They'll love you forever. Yes, they will. That's all from us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Bye.